Hi, Jay. Hi, Hi Tyler. Oh, oh wait. What? what? How did how did that happen? It's like a comedy routine. Uh, the, hey, uh, <laughs> let me introduce you. There's someone new here. Jay. No, I've been here for all the episodes. No, Jay. This is my other friend, Jay. Hi, Jay. Oh, wow. Oh, and we all have these resonant baritones. So, there we go. <laughs> so um, our, my friend Jay Peffer is here today. Uh, now our friend Jay. So, yes. and he's a proper Jay. He's a J A Y, not a J A S O N. Yeah. Who who then goes by Jay, I'm which is her. good though. I like. Her. I'm poser Jay yeah. at best. No, yeah. you're hipster Jay. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. I'll go with that because the the initial is sufficient. Can I You've say you've got superfluous letters in your name? Apparently, Mr. Peffer. Yeah. I have received packages with J J A Y because when I spelled it out, they just put oh, both so like J's JJ. In. Yeah, J J A Y. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this guy? Just to double check. <laughs> Now I do want to. I want to appreciate when I walked in the room and met you for the first time. You said, "Where's the beard?" And I, I, I want to announce to all our listeners that the beard will come back. It is. It's only yeah. a matter of time. And but, but I also want to, for anyone who's nervous, the beard is there. Oh yeah. The, the, this is not like the. the there's the, beard. You haven't been tricked into shaving no. into a mustache. There, this is as short like some as it scoundrel gets. Would get. no. Yeah. This is as short as it gets. <laughs> the, 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 there's extra beard, and extra beard will be back. It post haste on the way. Okay, so um, uh, did you have a question? You said you wanted to ask. Something? No, I just okay. knew how I wanted to. Oh, start. you. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you why you're reading the newspaper like an old man. But okay, I guess that's coming so later. The, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So this is going to be a weird episode on on a number of levels, and that we're kind of we have some rotating guests. So we've got uh, Mr. Jay Peffer in here um, to uh, to talk with us just for a few minutes, and then he has to go. It's good at all. He just happened to be hanging out here in the studio, and I was like, "Hey, let's record it." Because nice. why talk to somebody if you can't record it? Hundred <laughs> percent. Some of our best relationships are only done through microphone. Look, Jay, at, look at you, Jimmy Dykstra. <laughs> uh, yeah, every time Jimmy starts to say anything, he's like, "Let's save it for the pod." <laughs> yeah. uh, did did Jimmy anymore. sit in this exact seat? Jimmy has not been in Studio North. Oh. No, that I think might the, be the only seat Jimmy's not sat. I in. think the only guest we've had in Studio North has been Izzy. Yeah. 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 yeah and Jay. And now Jay. Uh, let's get to know Jay real quick. Let's other do than, it. Uh, okay, what is your Enneagram? One wing three. Oh, have we had wait. a Wong yet? Wait, one no, wing wait, two. wait. You can't be a one I wing keep, three. I keep doing <laughs> that. <laughs> the number looks similar. One wing two. My one wife is two. also one wing two. Uh, Sharon Bradford's one wing two. She yeah. was not featured on the podcast as a speaker. Sort of. She was, yeah. she was doing, doing chores in the background. Uh, Hogwarts so she, house? I'm un- unidentified, but I, I believe uh, unofficial. Gryffindor. Unofficial. unofficial. Okay. I think Gryffindor. Uh, do you know Myers-Briggs? No, it's been a while. Oh, it's been a while. Um, <laughs> do you know... Uh, <laughs> what was the other thing? Oh, what concert would you go to if you could travel through time? I have a hard time with that one because... It's a hard one. We should write these questions down. Yeah, well, there should be a <laughs> note card. A prompt. I, I think anything... I like the idea. I know somebody recently brought up Woodstock. Um, yeah. I did barely knew, you know, a handful of those bands. Woodstock '99, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the best. Uh, <laughs> the the experience of the kind of how it just kind of organically showed up and took off. I think that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, you don't get a lot of that, especially for something like that. What uh, three desert island discs? We that I forgot about that one. We yeah. talked about that with Rachel. What's three three records that you would take if you were on a desert island that was fully Bluetooth? Um, and you, but you can only listen to these three records. Ben Folds Live. Ooh, that's right. a good one. That's a choice. Good one. That was the yes. That's the one with just him and the piano. So like just, no band. 
Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, it's just him. That's great. That is a great record. But it's like the first time he introduced like the crowd singing yeah. and stuff. To oh, so of, good. And, and and so many of his songs from Rock in the Suburbs, which are overproduced, yep. are perfectly underproduced in that mm-hmm. one. Um, little, uh, I have too many Aerosmith. Uh, that's a that's a throwback memory. I'm trying to think. I I really liked just push play. It was uh, panned in general. Do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's an energy in that. They when the, the that is uh, the reason I give is when they talked about um, testing, like kind of um, testing the mix. Yeah, they rented a four wheeler or like a four by four Jeep. They would put it in. They would turn the thing up as loud as it would go, and they'd drive around and go like mudding off road. And they would see, did we like the sound of that? I just, that's, that's a incredible. Cool, I just think that's an awesome story. Yeah, and it just to test music to see how well it kind of enables you to have fun driving around it's like, it's just a cool that's fun interesting show. and the music like it's not memorable there's a couple good uh, no, songs it's, on it it's easily one of their like top 20 records yeah <laughs> I think it barely cracks the top it 20 is. and I'm not sure if they have more than 50 no records. and like Get a Grip and Little South of Sanity and Nine Lives like those were the Pump. first ones I listened to Pump yeah Pump is the one that's- that's, that's what turns them into a real band. That's, that's the true. after that's their true. drugs. That's they had like yeah. they fifteen years up. off. Yeah, yeah. but because that's they, got dude so looks many. like a lady. That's got love in an elevator. See, this is where the discography fails me. I don't, I don't have them all bend in the little yeah. the disc very well. That's uh, I don't know why. I, I, I'm, I'm, I am what everybody is on on Aerosmith. Whereas like you're like yeah Aerosmith. Yeah, uh, they're they're a great live show. Yeah, uh, and, uh, I think that's why I they're also great for a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a perfect. Uh, I've I've many times so rock and roller coaster starring yours <laughs> in the Disney MGM Studios now called Disney Hollywood Studios. Pretty soon to just be called Star Wars. Um, <laughs> is uh, they have the rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith, and I I think that that's an interesting question. I'll pose to the table before Jay has to, to walk up for breakfast sleep. What band? Would would should replace that because they it's definitely designed in such a way that you can overlay any band to it. So is there a band so now that Aerosmith has lost connection with the Zeitgeist? Yeah, what band would fit in a roller coaster? And I'm not sure that there's a, an easy answer because they don't. There's not rock band anymore. Rock and roll is not really no. a thing anymore. I was gonna say the most current band that doesn't have a, a cultural gravitas to them is Greta Van Fleet. Oh, do you know them? I mean, yeah, but I don't yeah, think that they would—they would, would. wouldn't work. No one would know who they are. No, because yeah. rock and roll is dead. Yeah. but they're a great rock and roll band. They're a great rock and roll band because they're a throwback. Yeah, to, I mean, they—they—they they they sound like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, they're, I mean, they're fine. But they—they right. they don't have a sound of their own. For a while, I think U two could have been that band. Yeah. But U two ten years ago. Yeah, U two U two always a little too poppy to be a there, full but they've on got, rock and they've roll. Got, like Vertigo would be that's a yeah. roller coaster song. Yeah, they've got several <laughs> roller coaster reasons, songs. Yeah, like I think, I Elevation. Think, yeah, no, no. I was gonna say the. Um, I think the populace would want it to be like Maroon Five, even Ugh. though that's yeah. not rock and roll. But that's what they would think is like. Think yeah. of your wait. Think of have you, you've all written. You both written, written the roller coaster. Yeah. And no, I don't. You have I have. Oh yeah. well, my goodness! But you're aware of this roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. So the whole premise of it is that you're like in this limo. Oh, it's so great. Steven Tyler is, a, is an idiot. Like the whole, <laughs> the preset show is like, telephone. Anyway, anyway, I love it. So you're sitting in this car and it's one of those roller coasters that it shoots you. You go from like zero to 60 in, in like 0.2 seconds yeah. or something like that. And so you're sitting there as a countdown. He's like, one, two, three, four. And then you go. But if you're sitting there strapped into this thing. So imagine as I've explained, even though you haven't written it. 
and you're hearing where the streets are having a name riff. Like that anticipation. And then it just, like, as soon as you go, it cuts into like a harder song than that. But just if you're sitting there hearing that, the build, I think that that band could work. That would play. But again, I think U2 is slightly more relevant to people now than Aerosmith, but not really. Not much. really. Yeah. yeah. Anyone under the age of twenty doesn't care about either of those bands. I think I said this in, my, in a podcast recently because I have or no original 30. thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my problem with the Super Bowl halftime this year was not anything that anybody else's problem was. It was that guitar music is dead. Like yeah. there's just no rock and roll left anymore. Yep. yep. I would like it to be the record company, um, but they're still still kind of small, and I think they're more of a throwback. They're they're that bluesy rocky because. They're trying to be bringing back a little bit, yeah. But it's still not not big enough. Well, uh, and like the closest thing we have is like the Black Keys, but that I mean that kind of rock, even the indie rock. That the the guitar rock that we do have is indie rock, which doesn't. It's not arena rock. You kind of right. need like Foo Fighters could maybe be a band that could go in yeah. there. But again, Foo Fighters is is ten years past the prime. The Strokes, the Strokes, but the Strokes again, are, they're very are much ten years past their prime. Yeah. Like that, it's it's and that's indie rock. Like that's like it's which, hard. That's not roller coaster rock. Right. That's like driving kind of fast in your geo for for prism <laughs> so does that mean we're like how many years until we actually get that back get rock music? music i don't think rock music's coming back ever not as the, the main cyclical. not as the as the main um i don't I, I think that it's too pop music has shifted over to hip-hop yeah and that's that's the new normative thing so i think rock music will never completely die there'll always no. be indie rock and stuff like that but it'll never be the center of what music, popular music, is based around anymore, well, because it used to just be that's what it was. Because you could take, you get three people together, pick up a bass, pick up a guitar, get some drums. You now you got a band. But now, now all, you, just, all you need is a computer, and you can be a band by yourself. It'd be a vertical lateral shift, but ACDC. I think there's a ACDC more was power. one that could have worked. Yeah, yeah. than the Aerosmith. But they're, I would say that they are as relevant. My guess would be they're as relevant to a 15 year old right now as Aerosmith is. Yeah. That there's probably not. Neither one of them would have a, co- a catalog that would be familiar, but both of them would hear their like you'd hear an Aerosmith song and be like, I think I've heard this somewhere. Is it in a commercial or something? My you last album. You, you asked for three. Yeah, you only did two. I believe it'd be the Hamilton soundtrack. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, and a double album at to boot. So well yeah, done. It's uh, it's quite quite the uh, creation. Yeah, and my was, son's really into it too. So it's and a good cool. example of hip hop. Yeah, being the 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 basis for that. That you don't have the the Jesus Christ Superstar, the rock opera. Now you'd have a hip hop opera. Yes. If you will. Questions? I'm just over here being super depressed that rock and roll is dead. You know? Yeah. Never. I know. I did see Not that likely you're... to yeah. get it back in my lifetime. Did people call you Jay Peffer? Yeah. Like they didn't call you Jay. No, they slammed him. And I think, that. or just Peffer. I knew you as Peffer. So mm-hmm. here's the weird thing. So, uh, yeah, uh, I am a, I am a pastor at Wexford Community Presbyterian Church in Wexford, Pennsylvania. Uh, I've been at this church now officially as of today. Yeah, it's really whoa. Four years. This is my, it, it is as of today. Nice. Four years at Wexford Community Presbyterian Church as their I pastor. Would have brought a cake. Yeah. Yep. I already ate it. Um, <laughs> I like that joke. I said that last uh, on one of the previous episodes, but I don't really it's, like cake. That's the funniest away. thing about it. Probably superior, but that's another um, show. So I was um, uh, doing the, the I, you preach a sermon and then they vote on you and the, at the end of the process. like So you're revealed to the congregation. They're like, we choose you. And as I have been chosen, people like me, they're very excited, and then comes to the door to greet me, one of the many members, is Mr. J. Peffer, and which is not surprising, based on the information I've given you so far, 
Except for the fact that Jay Piffer and I went to high school together. That's right. One year. One year, because I went to high school for one year in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania. And uh, my wife also went to high school there. She went to the high school there her whole life. So she knows Jay. Yes. Jay was a year younger than us. So Jay was a junior. So it was really... And, and I was there for one year. No, it was a year, but it was felt like three. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff <laughs> Because we had the critical uh, marching band overlap, yeah. the drama kids overlap. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those, that's, that's three years. Well, and long. that's... The, I mean, really... I think I've said before that moving into this space in the middle, like right before your senior year, the two things that really connected me to stuff were marching band and youth group, Mm -hmm. and then being in the drama stuff. And so I ended up, even now, like when I think of like reunions and stuff, I feel like I only know like 15 people from, I mean, you really can only, I kind of am semi familiar with a lot of people I graduated, but I like, I know 15 people that I would want to see. And Jay is one of those people. So when I saw him, it was like, uh, hey, Peffer. And I, like, I think that was it. I yeah. only knew you really as Peffer. Yeah. I knew your name was Jay, but just in the same way that like in high school, certain people get just called by their last name. Yeah, right. No, dude, I was Fryer the whole yeah. way through. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So, uh, and whenever people called me Domsky, it really annoyed me. Really? Yeah, because they would call me like like I was on a sports team. Write like, that down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, Domsky. I was like, you can just call me Tyler. You know zero other Tylers. I think that's what it was. Like, it makes sense to use the last name if the, like if your name was Josh. Yeah. There's a million Joshes. Everybody like and Luke and stuff like that. Like when we were growing up, at least. Dan's. My youngest brother's named Tyler, so now I've had to delineate the references yeah. in my personal life to say Pastor Tyler or, yeah. or Tyler. Yeah. It's weird when you're talking to me and you talk about Tyler and I think, are you talking in third person And I also don't know me? what to do with my eyes because I feel like you're, yeah, you're both up here. Up it's here, tough. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I After all of that, yeah. I have a question I would like you two to participate Okay. In. Okay. So you were in the marching band? Sir. What, what did you play? Trumpets. Excellent. That's so helpful. Would you have guessed trumpet? No. Oh, okay. But the, it's critical to the question. Yeah. So we as a youth group were around together the other day, and we were listening to Five Iron Frenzy because I am stuck in 1990s. Oh, man, we have not mentioned Five Iron Frenzy nice. for a really long time. Hooray for Five Iron Frenzy. And they have a song called The Untimely Death of Brad, Oh. Uh, wherein Brad, their trumpet player, was rumored to have died. He mm-hmm. didn't, but it, there was a rumor, so they made a whole song about it. There's a line in the song. Did they start the rumor for that song? or it had No, pre- it was okay. previously, okay. previously someone else. In that song, there's a line. There was a boy named Brad. He played trumpet and he died. <laughs> I can't. They didn't win like Grammys for that no, songwriting. Right. But this Lyrics. is the, this is the thing. Ed Sutter grabbed hold of it as he often does, yeah. a, a good friend of mine, and said, "Over or under a thousand people named Brad who played trumpet." Oh yeah, we did, and we, have died. We talked about this a little bit, and I because I came back with what was my response. I listened to another name. I think it was Josh. I think there were yeah. more Joshes. I th- yeah, that was my response was over under Josh's who played trumpet yeah. uh, versus Brad's who played trumpet. I knew a lot of Josh's. And most of yeah. them played trumpet. The one Josh I knew played saxophone. So yeah. The the, the rarity of the Tyler name plus the marching band got me too. Was Brad a rare name for you? I knew many how, Brad's. How many Brad's do you know? I probably half a dozen. Really? Yeah, that I That's went to school with. Usually, I knew, high a, I knew a number of Brad's. Concentration. It was a, it was a popular name in Southeast Iowa. <laughs> Are you from Iowa? I was. Yeah. yeah. Ding. Um, <laughs> I, hey, it fits right in. We Salty's. did not have a Brad. Was there no Brad? With in our... Chad. There was a Chad. Chad Bryan. There was a couple Chads. The only other J that I referred to as an actually J A Y oh, yeah. was the trumpet player a year above. Yeah. 
And anyway, Pepper and I became friends from that. And so it was like band camp, which is like the very yeah. first week. Um, and you're a trumpet player, I'm a drummer. So I knew all the drummers, but the trumpet players and the drummers tend to be a similar ilk. Yes. Because we all, we kind of carry the, like you're the melody and we're the rhythm. Yeah. And so, so both need- of those two things are kind of the essential parts and we, and we know it and act like it. Uh, we kind of have attitudes about it. Yes. And we also then, because of that, we the drummers have a lot of fun because of the cadences. The trumpets have a lot of fun because they are carrying something that weighs five ounces and they can move it all around and do all kinds of things. Like it's in terms of marching, that's the instrument you want. Yeah. It's yeah. not a piccolo. And you can play it all seasons. Yeah. It's not a piccolo that's like holding a, a pencil. Yeah. Like it's and, and the then, clarinets. Oh no, it's kind of moist out. We got yeah. to put these the away. The trumpet, you can take very little, good, very poor care of it. Yeah. And you get to play the melody of every song, and Loudly. you get to like move Loudly. around. And yeah, there's yeah. a there's a there's a showiness to both too. That like yeah, we are loud, and there's in, nothing we can. In do retrospect, about that. I I I started a trumpet, and I really wanted to be a drummer, and I wish I had stayed a trumpet just because marching with a drum is no fun. It really is not. When when my son, uh, who was in fourth grade, they started marching band or band, and we I really suggested trumpet, and he said yes, and then we were gonna do drums, and then he did it for half a year. He's like, I don't want to do trumpet. Anymore. But he can't jump in until next year, so he's going to jump in back in fifth grade at drums. Yeah. Do you remember the intermission tra- uh, tradition that we would do? Yeah. During the musical. Yeah, we would. I wonder if they still do that. So. I wonder. And it's something that was oh, inherited, yeah, like most song. high school things. The whole cast would gather in the band room. Yep. And sing free fall. And we stood on one wall because you could sort of stand higher. Yeah. It was like a. It's probably an air conditioning unit that we shouldn't have been on. Well, and, and we it were, was one of those dumb things where it's like, if you walked in, it's like, who are you singing to? Yeah. Like, we were singing we were just to literally the outwards wall. into the wall, or like into the big room, yeah. but high up in the room so nobody could really see what was going on. Yeah, so during intermission, everyone had to go in there and sing. Lips, like someone would play on a speaker or something. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't back... Before JBLs and Blue Phones and Bluetooth and Wireless. Easy, but and they would play Tom Petty's Free Fallen. And everybody would just stand again against the wall, like they're singing to an audience, huh. like sit, project uh, against the wall, looking sp- outwards. I love this stuff. Yeah, and, and really like go. And it's the kind it. of thing where like you don't have time to question I because you just right get now. you I just, just yeah. get sucked into it. It's yeah. like this is great. And I'm I would be surprised if they don't still do it because it's one of those traditions that no one knows why it started, but no one's gonna stop it. No. Yeah, or if anything, the music has been changed, but it's still kind of a. It may have been, thing. but even then, they would have had to actively. You would have had to have a critical mass of people saying we are not singing. Yeah, Tom Petty, and It'd I be think interesting. That I should ask. Enough. I should ask my siblings if like how long that went. I bet I, it's still going. Tyler's ten years after me, so he yeah. might know. Other Tyler. Other Tyler. Yeah. This is getting confusing now. It is getting confusing. There's two Jays, two Tylers. We may have to ask you to leave here, yeah. sir. Thank you for being here. We will have uh, so that's a, a taste, just a little taste of, of the rich, the rich mahogany base, uh, the quiet storm that is. Hello. <laughs> and they are all base two, baby. Can you give us a, some Tony the Tiger right now? They're great. Oh, oh, that was man. way better than I was thinking. <laughs> that is not the first time you've done that. It's been a while. Though. <laughs> all right, Jay. Thanks for coming by. I mean, Jay, thanks, Puffer. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, now we need you to leave. Because uh, we've rented space, and uh, I know there's a things, certain head things count to per do, hour. Yeah. There's things another, to we have, do. We have another guest coming in, and it's not you. Yeah. I hope they're great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there he goes. Bye. See ya. Bye. Oh, he's leaving for real. That was. <laughs> 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 All right. So, um, actually, I'm gonna. Um, I have some other things to do too. So, thank
think I'm gonna. You're heading I'm gonna, out. Too. I'm gonna head. Oh, okay. I'll be. I may be back. I'll be back in like uh, 30, 45 minutes. Okay. I'll see you. Again. Yeah. How? How? Don't do any podcasting while I'm gone. Just wait here. Don't don't talk to anybody, especially about twins. Oh. Right. So you know I'm a rule breaker. Hey. Oh. Don't. Okay, so Tyler left, and that's great because hidden just back here behind the bookshelves is our good friend, Justin Manon. Hey, Jay. And we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a dad of twins, and this is Roughing the Pastor. come from the new wellington mission conference like seems to be the theme around this place does it not yeah that's that's our only friends in this life come to us by way of the new wilmington mission conference looking on facebook i've noticed that i have maybe i don't know 500 or 700 friends and when i go to look at each of them probably 80 to 90 percent i would say in (laughs) one way or another associated with the conference the conference yeah yeah so introductory questions right off the bat do you know what Enneagram number you are? That is a really good question. Yeah. And I took one of those like quasi tests. I didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> You're right. Hearing you guys talk about it and having listened to my wife. My wife bought the book at conference. Not, okay. Not the book, but the um, the Christian version, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Air quotes the, there. The safe one. The yeah, safe the one. The safe one. And so for maybe... Uh, again, we lived in Louisiana. When we lived in Louisiana, we would drive up to conference, which is about a 22-in-the-car-hour ride. So on the way home, one year, she started reading this book for hours. I don't know how far we actually made it. And so during that, I'm listening to the numbers and trying to identify myself. And uh, then with hearing you guys talk about it, I'm like, I'm totally a nine. Yeah. I'm totally a nine. <laughs> but taking this test, uh, the unofficial version, uh, it said a two or a three. And I was not quite sure of that, um, but I suppose that's probably more accurate than hmm. than me being a nine. I think there's parts of me that could identify with several different numbers, but um, I guess that would be a two or a three. Yeah. All right. All right. Do you know what Harry Potter house you belong to? I do. I'm not as big of a fan as the next person, but big enough that I did take the test. And to my shock and kind of confusion at first... Until I got to know more about it, I'm a Ravenclaw. Really? Okay, so what does that mean for you? What's it mean to be a Ravenclaw? Well, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, basically how it's defined, right? Um, I would have thought Gryffindor, right? Yeah. I think everybody probably thought, ah, everybody's in Gryffindor. Um, but to really embrace the the difference uh, of being a Ravenclaw and that, you know, as it deals with other types of personalities, um, well, those two houses, no one knows what they mean because I'm Hufflepuff and even I don't know. Like, I don't know what that means. My wife told me that's true and I I just believe her. To, to me, it is um, 
a bird and blue and i love the color blue so i'm like sold game over you, you yeah. got me <laughs> <laughs> you found me uh do you know imdb do you know imdb yeah or not no, imdb I, I was gonna say i know imdb uh, but i don't know how that fits it's in been a day the myers-briggs the uh infj I do. Uh, that stuff yeah so i first took that when i was about 18 um to do some mission work and the organization was like everybody has to take this test i was like what the heck are we filling out and that's when i realized i wasn't a fast test taker i thought i was really fast at (laughs) filling in these bubbles and everybody else was turning pages faster than me um and so at that point in time in my life i was an infp all right all right which makes sense right (laughs) um i can nail it down yeah i will still claim that because that was the official test i did one of the online versions several years back um, and it switched the P to a J, which I can totally see. And so I'm thinking that I'm right in the middle, you know, maybe a 50-50 to where one wrong answer or one right answer will swing me back and forth. And I, I almost, since listening to the podcast, almost took the official Myers-Briggs <laughs> back testing for it, yeah. just to see. So I wasn't coming here lying. <laughs> but I'll go back to the original <laughs> INFP. Uh, I'm sorry, ENFP. Did I say okay. INFP? You did. ENFP. I'm okay. sorry. Not That's, I. Yeah. I am not an I. I'm definitely an E. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Of <laughs> not eye, even you know? a little bit. Yeah. I suppose, you know, as I get older, I like to just go home. Yeah. I don't like to go out all the time or to be around people all of the time. But definitely, if I take the test, I can guarantee you'd be not even 50-50. I'm probably 75 to 80 percent. in e. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. That's cool. So so we're doing a little mini episode today. We're kind of winging it because we had some plans and they fell apart. But that's all right. That's how that's how life goes. That is how life goes. Let me tell you a story about you. Uh, because I came to the New Women's Commission Conference, it, well, it would have been four years ago, uh, four summers ago. And I knew at that point my wife and I were expecting twins. And I come into the New Women's Commission Conference for the first time and uh, am w- welcomed by all, embraced by all. You had just shaven down to a mustache. I did. And looked shockingly As- like Goose from <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> Very shockingly, so yeah. shockingly that it was very uncomfortable, and also I embraced it. Yeah, right. Very you just exciting. ran with you and I were the only ones that made it all week of conference without breaking down. That's true, yeah. and I think we mutually agreed uh, to end it. Yeah, I think we it had run it its in, course in person, in yeah. person, <laughs> in front of the high school program, yeah. very awkwardly, and I think that was like so exciting. Like we we in, in my in my being, I was like, this is great. Like we're gonna. We're going to finish this together in front of everybody. I don't know if it took so long to shave it or what, but it Everyone's lost like, some of the magic. Yeah. People are watching a shave. Like, I don't know what magic there was to be had. Um, <laughs> but so I walk into this room and we're training and everything. And your two-year-old twin boys were present. And I went, oh, my gosh, a father of twins. And I am expecting two boys myself. And it was neat because I was at. I was part of the the team for New Wellington for three or four years after that. Mm-hmm. So having your boys be two years ahead of my boys was like a window into the future for like a week. I got a week preview of, oh, here's what three years old is like. I don't know whether to apologize or to say you're welcome. <laughs> it's more you're welcome because I almost every time I'd come away going, oh, look out for that. Oh, be interested in that. Yeah. Here, it, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. So what have you learned in your in your six years now being the dad of twins? Uh, what what do you think's interesting about that story? What's, what's difficult about it? What wow, do, that's a good question. Yeah. And I think that um, kind of where my brain goes at first is um, 
I grew up in Indiana, not mm-hmm. Iowa, but in Indiana. <laughs> and you should still have to eat a saltine anyway. That's yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll all that was to say. Yeah. All that is to say that uh, my brother was two and a half years older than I, mm-hmm. and my sisters were, were uh, significantly older than than the two of us. So we kind of you know we grew up with four children in the family, but um, my eldest sister had had gone on to college uh, when I was really little, and so. Um, the closest sibling was my brother, um, just in, in age. And so naturally, you know, we, we did a lot of things together. My, my other sister, you know, for a period of time also was there, but as far as, you know, two boys playing out outside in the woods or, you know, with action figures, we were most, most similar. Yeah. And so, um, having that perspective and then especially now at, at, with these boys at six, with our, our twins at six, which I'll say hello to Judah and Jonah or Jonah and Judah, because they will definitely hear this podcast. Yeah. Uh, they have enjoyed listening in. And oh, I'm so sorry <laughs> for inflicting our world on your boys. That's They don't quite pick up on everything, which is probably good. <laughs> Thank God, yeah. But they pick up on enough to know that it's Tyler and Jay uh-huh, uh-huh. and who you guys are and where we know you from, and they're just infatuated with the conference oh, and man. with Pennsylvania and, and all things Pennsylvania. So whenever, whenever I come out here for a board meeting or when we come out here for conference, they are excited to come. Yeah. And kind of right now in their age, coming back to that, I can see how these tangents happen. Yeah. It's, right. It's, it's too it's easy. easy. It's easy. <laughs> um, they are different uh, in their personalities now more than ever before. And I'm sure that will continue to just fracture apart they're gonna have things that they like that are the same and um tying that into my childhood the unique thing about twins that i'm picking up now and and maybe someone who's a twin can say oh yes or absolutely not you're totally wrong uh maybe bartleby will make an appearance later (laughs) later. Uh, he he lives in tyler's briefcase so like he doesn't always show up when it's just me yeah well that's unfortunate because i brought a gift for him oh no not clothes it was a pair of mittens. Bartleby, your one shot, and a, man. A, a P- Pittsburgh Penguins <laughs> knit hat. <laughs> you missed it, buddy. Too bad. Sorry, Years more subju- subjugation. Um, that I kind of, being two and a half years apart from my brother, but close. You know, you, we, we were very similar in what we did and maybe just catching the coattails or trying to keep up. Um, this is like identical. You know, they're not yeah. at a different place um i mean they are they're 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 their own people their own little tiny humans but they are at the same developmental stage they're at the same uh, age that so everything that they do especially when they were babies and toddlers uh were were the same yeah and and we were the parents like if we have twins which we both wanted to have twins right um and so this kind of you know was a godsend that uh, we were able to adopt them and the whole time before that's like, oh, if we ever have twins, we're not dressing them alike. Yeah. We're not doing that. You can try all you want, but the instant they get any kind of agency or ownership over what they wear, I don't know why. They both run for it anyway, right? Like exactly. at least my guys do. Like they just No, if he's wearing that, I'm wearing that. Like the, and the the individual personalities and likes and dislikes really hadn't didn't didn't come out in them until within the past couple of years yeah they you started you know one likes spider-man one likes captain america for whatever reasons it's like you guys are supposed to like the same things please You're right it's easier 
So, and, and as I'm sure you're aware, when you go to buy a toy or a shirt or anything, you yep. got to buy two. Yeah. There's got to be parity. You got to buy two. And, and the safe bet always was buy two of the same thing. Yep. And so I think a little bit of that was unintentionally forced upon them to be liking the same things. Fortunately, I think between zero and four or five, it was easy for them to be like, oh yeah, just we're going right. with the flow. You know, they, they're not developing their, developing their own personality or their own likes and dislikes. And we've kind of come out of that to where, you know, one really likes sports and the other one wants to like sports or does, but just not as much as the other one. Right. Same thing with Legos. One doesn't care about Legos at all or being being creative with toys. He's very crafty. He loves to make, um, you know, Pokemon out of uh, craft paper. Yeah. He'll glue them together and, and this is Pikachu. This is Charmander. Um, whereas the other one, you know, would build a house out of Legos. Just loves to be creative. And, and so... I have no idea where I was going with that, but seeing how um, kind of the uniqueness of early on, they're kind of the same person, yeah. though they're, they're different. Um, and, and early on in my childhood, we were, we were different, even though we liked a lot of the same stuff. We totally had favorite Ninja Turtle, favorite, you know, action figures and, and toys and games and movies. Um, and seeing them kind of get into that where it's like, it's easy when they both like the same cartoon. Yeah. It's really difficult when they don't. Are you at a point where you ever not at a point where, so like for me and my guys, like every now and again, you know, thinking as parents, we're like, we should treat them as different people, unique personalities. Like every now and again, I want to take just one of my boys somewhere and leave the other with my wife or something. And they will have none of that. Uh, They will not separate at all. Is that changing as they're getting older? It is. Yeah. So real early on, um, they would not they didn't want to be apart. They actually slept in the same crib for a while yeah. until they got old enough to where it's like, okay, we should separate them. And, uh, but they didn't want to be apart at all. They wanted to be together. Yeah. And, um, maybe kind of in that, I think it's in the same stages. I'd, I'd have to say, you know, that once they kind of started having their own interests, one wanted to stay home and one wanted to go. So if Joni was running to the store, my wife, Joni, yeah. uh, was running to the store, needed to go run an errand. One of them would want to go with her and the other one definitely would not. Hmm. Or vice versa. If I was going somewhere and offered for them to come, um, but sometimes they can take it or leave it. They're, yeah. they're homebodies. They like to be at home <laughs> because that's where their stuff is. That's where their games are. That's where the, the TV is or whatever they want to be involved with, craft projects, Legos. Um, but yeah, for a while it was, you couldn't separate them. And we, we didn't, you know, just naturally with how life was, um, it was easier to keep them together. But the, the most difficult thing happened really recently. Was yeah. They're in first grade and they are in separate classes, uh-huh. which in kindergarten, we're like, we're not separating them. They've been together the whole time. We don't want to separate them. We want yeah. them to be together. That's a big discussion among parents. It, it like, is. Do you keep them together or yeah. you separate them? Yeah. And the school in Louisiana advised, no, you should separate them. Uh-huh. It's so much easier. They can become their own. They, they, they can become individuals and, and, It'll be better for their education for them to be separated. I was like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> and so they said, it's up. It's your call. Mm-hmm. You can decide. And we decided to separate them um, kind of reluctantly. Yeah. And looking back, that was a good decision. It really was for them. Yeah. You know, other families might be different, and that is totally okay if you choose to keep them together or, or choose to separate them. You know, what works best. Um, and so that was kind of where it started. I think once they started separating, it got, it got a lot easier for them to be self-sufficient and right. not really, 
you know, lean on the other one um, being there. And recently what happened was one of them made friends with someone on the school bus uh-huh. with, you know, the interest in Pokemon. You know, one's more interested in Pokemon than the other one. They're both still interested. Yeah. Just like hockey and the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're both interested in the Penguins. One just a little bit more than the other. Maybe. Yep. And that's so, the correct twin. Whatever one is more <laughs> interested in the Penguins, that's the one that's doing it right. Yeah. I think if we lived in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It would be. A little closer to the source. Yeah. It'd yeah. be hardcore. But kind of being in no man's land for almost 10 well for them six years for yeah. us almost 10 years and not being able there's to not a lot of root. hockey in louisiana there's not, no, no, not, no not 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 much recently anyway <laughs> no um so the one of them got an invitation and so as a twin parent you know as as a as a non-twin growing up that very clearly meant your brother got the invitation not hmm. you yeah so that's in my mind if someone invites one of them are they inviting both right and sometimes huh. we're presumptuous and being like, well, you've invited one, so, so you get, so you get, you you get, get, both. get both. Yeah. Um, but this was kind of one of those situations where one of them was specifically invited. The other one was not. And I had to have that conversation with the one that wasn't because in his mind, I'm going. Yeah. Judah gets to go. Jonah gets to go. And uh, the fortunate thing was... Um, we met some friends. We recently moved to Colorado and we met some th- friends through the boys learning to play hockey program. Yeah. And they invited us that same day uh, or you know, on the same day of the, the visit to the friend's house um, invited us to stick and puck. Mm. And so that provided an out and an opportunity. We we're going to make it a special, you know, dad Sunday yeah and uh or father Sunday that sounds better to say it that way hopefully we can edit that <laughs> dad son yeah <laughs> and though reluctantly he was more excited about hockey than he was about Pokemon mm-hmm. and about going to this to this other friend's house yeah and so we were able to kind of split them off but that was a lot of difficulty for me as a parent as someone who growing up if I was excluded I felt it yeah you know, right. I think everybody does right you know, not just me um, but when you feel excluded, you really feel excluded. Yeah. I remember, not that this is about me, but I can remember back um, maybe three years old and uh, my brother had a friend at church. You know, we were family friends and uh, I heard them talking and my brother was going after church to his house. And so I was like, OK, you know, kind of naive, like yeah, I'm coming too. Yeah. And I got in the van with them and then the dad shows up. Uh, you know, cause it was a different day and age. We did, we ran across the street to the van <laughs> by ourselves Yeah, and the dad comes over who was our family doctor growing up. And, uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm coming over to play. Like, he's like, no, did you talk with your mom, with your dad? I was like, no, but my, my brother's going, so I'm going. And I just remember that feeling of yeah. being left out. Yeah. Having to head down, walk back across the street, holding his hand, ushered back to my parents and I'm missing out. And so that was really, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive to how other people feel yeah. and was very concerned about how one was going to feel to miss out on something else. Well, but fortunately uh, that opportunity with, with the other family, you know, with stick and puck made it to where, Hey, just because you're not going to this fun thing, right. Does there's mean other you stuff. Have a, hey, you can't still have fun yeah. doing something. And else. that's gotta be so tough too, for a twin. That's the whole life identity has been, because, right, my guys are about to turn four. Even up till four years old, everything they've done has been together. So to yeah. all of a sudden feel that sting of 
not just the like being left out, but being left out by your brother. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we were talking earlier on the walk down that like it's nice to have somebody that I can say the there is a unique chaos that exists in the parenting of twins that you almost have to live it to experience it. Uh, what's that like for you? Like, what's the chaos for you? Yeah. So if you ask me the same question and, and people did when we first had twins, you know, aside from all the, are they twins? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which in your case, it's an obvious yes. Like my guys look radically different. Your guys look pretty similar. They like, do. They yeah, do. Yeah. And and I'm I'm a pretty compassionate person or, or understanding person. So I was never like, again, <laughs> Whereas my wife was like, no, I just found the other one in the parking lot. And I figured, what the heck? Um, and, and she had a few one-liners that she really wanted to use. I think a few times she did. Yeah. Um, and we, ha- we actually had one. Again, I said they were adopted. So eat a saltine cracker because I already said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just in case you missed it, uh, they're adopted. And we were at church. Um, I don't even remember where what church it was at. Um, but we were picking the kids up from the nursery and this lady steps in and she, she didn't have any kids. So I don't know what she was doing there. She wasn't helping. She may have known somebody in, in the, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. And she's like, Oh my gosh, are they twins again? Especially when they were babies, they looked exactly yeah. like I could tell them apart very easily. Several people could, some people couldn't, um, some people still can't. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was that, that first like, Oh yeah, they're, they're twins. Yep. You know, we've got that question a lot, but I understand like this is the first time she's seeing them. Right. So no, she doesn't know. And to not go into the whole story, she then starts asking some questions. And then she, regardless of that, she says, I bet one looks just like mom and one looks just like dad, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) How to answer. (laughs) And you know our kids. Yeah. And uh, we look nothing really alike. No. One's starting to get blonde hair. Um, (laughs) They both have brown eyes. Joni has brown eyes. So maybe. Yeah. And I kind of looked at her and said, yeah, I suppose they do. <laughs> and she gave me this funny look, and I was like, "I'll just let that hang yeah, out." Here. I don't need to explain that one. <laughs> but you know, um, the other question that was always asked, like, "Oh, double trouble, huh?" Yep. Or and not even a question, but just kind of that. Yeah, I, I I know it's double trouble. I had one kid, so I can't imagine having two. And from the time that they came to our house to maybe the time that they could crawl, <laughs> uh huh. I pushed back on that. It's not double the work. It yeah. isn't. It it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't double the work uh-huh. real early on. And and maybe you can agree with that or disagree. Well, yeah. I mean, it was our guys at least because I've known parents of twins where this is not the case. But when they like did stuff, they did it together. So like when they woke up and cried in the middle of the night, it was usually both of them at the same time. Um, I know people that had like the offsetting. So like you'd get one settled and then fall asleep and then the other one would wake up and it, that feels like twice work. But no, nah, I think you're right. When they can start crawling though, there is some law of physics that suggests that twins cannot crawl in the same direction ever, ever, ever. Once they could crawl, then that resonated that, oh yeah, it is, it is at least twice the work. <laughs> at least. At least twice the work. Because now, you know, if you have a, a two and a half year old and a baby or, or yep. a, a child that can crawl in a, in a two-year-old, it might not be the same. And other people can argue with me. I've, I've not been in that situation. We've had other ages of, of foster children in our home. So we've had a, a, a good mix from time to time, um, but not sustained, not yeah. for a long period of time. 
Um, but it seems like when you have a younger child and an older child, they don't necessarily offset, but there's a little less work with one of them, whether it's the older one sure. or the younger one. And when you get to that stage where the children, which seemed like from six months or eight months to five years old, right, was just an exponentially greater attention to what was happening to keep them pointing to the right direction. And they, and they feed off each other. I'm, I'm, yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure that happens to you. Oh man. So the, the couple examples I had in mind, like number one, where it really hit me was when we were teaching them like sharing. Cause like usually if you have one that's a couple years older and then a, a younger child, the older one is stealing the toys from the younger child who couldn't care less. But the older one at least has the faculty. You could say, okay, look, we, we don't steal. We share, we take turns. We, it's good to look after your little brother to try and have that conversation with two individuals at the same learning level is impossible because <laughs> it's like what neither of you understand what's going on and i'm trying to convince both of you to cooperate potty training we're, we're still in the throes of it um and one is gangbusters and the other one is not and they tend to have an effect on each other usually the one that's not interested having an effect on the one that is so like <laughs> it, it gets all kinds of messed up sometimes um, that was that was a blur i mean it, it was probably like not too long ago yeah, we finished potty training, but it <laughs> that's it's, encouraging. It, it's long <laughs> enough ago that I can't really remember that. Like I remember yeah. it seemed like and I've always heard that boys take longer than girls. Yeah. And it seemed like it just took forever yeah. to 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 get it to a point where it's like we're not having to worry so much about it. Yeah. And we're there. We're finally there. Praise God. Yes, absolutely. It's again, I need my, my two-year check-in. <laughs> so I, I, I just hearing a lot of stuff in this, uh, in, in a little mini episode, you know, sometimes we try and be subtle about it, but I'm just driving right to it. You've adopted twins. You chose harder work over, <laughs> over you know, the, the one-two option. What does your relationship with your sons do for you and your view of God? Because I can feel a lot in that. Wow. Um, that's a good question. Yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. good question. Because Thank you. I think that I wouldn't have put as much stock into that. Hmm. And I've heard other people say this. And until I could actually uh, acknowledge it, I wouldn't have necessarily said the same thing. But that whole cliche of you understand more about God's love hmm. or that you never understand truly um, God's love until you are a parent. Hmm. I think that's so true. Yeah. I think for me personally, and for those that, that experience that, that there's just something that happens in, uh, from an unconditional standpoint that honestly, I'll have to, to turn the volume down when they're listening to this, but there's not anything that they could do that it would <laughs> cause me to stop loving them. Right. And, um, I always wondered in deciding to do foster care and to adopt whether I'd have the same connection. You know, I assume that I'd I mean, Yeah, sure. My, my sisters are, are adopted. We're younger, but they they were adopted. And so it was, that's a little bit different, I think, than the normal makeup of families where, and every, every family is differently. So there's, there's different. So there's maybe somebody out there that's kind of the same boat. But I didn't think about that being a unique way of me being biological, but being much younger than my sisters um, than I did when we started considering uh, adopting. Hmm in that what did they feel about our family? How did it process? And so some of those things came out where, and I don't let actually questioned in myself 
am I going to be able to love them as much? I mean, just kind of, we just kind of went in and, uh, you know, we've always had a passion for, for kids and for working with kids and for helping, you know, in children's ministry or in, uh, in mission work. Um, and so it was, it was, it was natural, you know, it didn't feel like, Oh, I'm going to struggle to, to love these kids that quote unquote here, air quotes are not mine. Right. And, you know, from day one, I think that with any child that came into our house, whether we knew they were staying or we knew they were knew that they weren't staying or for how long it was almost an investment every time um, just because of our hearts or for me specifically, I'll talk about me, my heart and my mind of um, caring for especially kids in, in vulnerable situations. But I mean, even at, at the store, there was a kid standing up just the other day, a kid standing up in the cart and the mother was not paying attention and the cart shifted and my instinct is to reach out. Yeah. And fortunately he just fell into the cart, didn't fall and the mom turns around and then I'm standing there with my arm out <laughs> towards her child and she looks at me like, what are you doing? I was like, I just wanted to make you like deer yeah. in the headlights. Just want to make sure you didn't fall out of the cart. I wasn't trying to take him or anything. Um, and the same thing happened not long after that. We, the boys got to go to the avalanche stadium and, and uh, do some drills on the ice. And one of the other children had stepped up behind the bench. We were right by the visitor's bench. One of the kids in his skates was stepping up behind the bench and was just having a tough go <laughs> and getting up there. And I just kind of the same thing. I put my arm out so that if he fell backwards, yeah, he wasn't falling all the way and kind of got that look from the mom. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so then I felt like I had to say, just want to make sure they didn't fall backwards there. So. Right. Right. But I completely lost where we were with that. Well, just the, the idea that though adopted, like that doesn't change the amount of love you have for them. Right. right. Like that's it, right. That's just kind of, they are yours. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we kind of, I guess, I mean, I don't, that being adopted or having adopted them, being their adoptive parents, I think is the proper way to say that. Yeah. Um, it's not the first thing in my mind all the time. Hmm. They are, they are our kids. Yeah. You know, having, having a conversation about adopted or not adopted here or adopted or biological just isn't the first thing that comes to mind. Right. Because of, I mean, as much love as, as, uh, as we can show them. I mean, they are, they are there when they go through tough stuff, bullying on the bus or, or difficult situations. I don't know that it was actually bullying, but difficult <laughs> yeah. situations that, um, they shouldn't have to go through that. You don't want them to go through. Um, glad we're getting our feet, le- feet wet early. Yeah. I doubt that happens all the time. Um, <laughs> being sensitive to that and just, you know, being heartbroken over their concern of, uh, and I, and I don't think they quite grasp how they look or, you know, um, prejudice, uh, whether it's skin color, hair color, eye color, boy, girl, you know, um, any, anything that you fit in or you don't fit in. Yeah. They're starting to experience that. And so as a white male, not being in tune with that, usually, you know, it's, it's great to have people, our friends from the conference inside and out of, of the conference. And, um, I mostly inside the conference, I guess, but <laughs> having a, a diverse group of people and their perspectives and their take on, on life, um, and, being challenged to to think outside of that and yeah. and with our boys that helps me even more it's not going to be perfect for me right but it helps me to to see that they're going to go through something they have the potential to go through something that I've never been through and to care so much about them 
um, whether they're biological or not. Well, that's, yeah, right. Like, like I, I was even thinking like, you know, you said when you have kids, it kind of changes your perspective with God. Absolutely. Like it changes how I view it. Um, you having adopted your boys changes your, you have a, you have a lens to see God in a way that I don't. Scripture talks all the time about being adopted and chosen by God. And I got no experience with that in ways that you do. And it's awesome to learn from that. There are people listening that are never going to have kids and, and that's not part of their plan. And they have a perspective on God that I don't necessarily have. Right. So like, I think it's just kind of critical to reach out to the people that you can have shared experience with, but also diverse experience enough to, to have conversation around that. Um, which again is why, you know, I'm so glad that first conference I was like, Ooh, I need to hear that story. Justin, Joni, that's, uh, I need to be around them. That's critical. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been very interesting. Um, and yeah, I just, I can't, I, I, I think what's great is that by sharing stories, hmm. by learning, um, other people's take, like you said, if, if someone's plan is to not have kids, they have a, a take on God's love that's different from, from anybody else's. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, ad- adoptive parents or biological parents. Um, and I think that's kind of that picture of God's love hmm. is it's so much greater than the box that we put it in. Yeah. And so much greater than our own perspective that the more we learn about it, the more we see like, oh my goodness, you know, God's love is over in this corner. God's love is over in that corner. And that um, it just, it's just there. Yeah. It's, it's always there. It's just so great to, to be able to think about it from that perspective and have those little things that just keep coming that show us more and more about how loving God is. Yeah. Man, Justin, thank you so much for coming and sitting on us thank today. Thank you for having me. Tyler's going to be all kinds of bummed out. He missed it. Uh, would you like to? I offer our guests all the time, all the time, but like twice I thought to remember it. Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to promote? This is free use of the Roughing the Pastor oh, wow. airwaves. That's like, that's a big challenge. There. I know, I know. I don't know. Come to the mission conference. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people listening probably already do. <laughs> I was going to say, I think if that's you don't, most of our fan base. Yeah. Come. New Wilmington Mission Conference. <laughs> come on down. In July. It's, it's great. I was texting with Tyler today. Again, we were joking that you know all, all our guests and all our friends come from the conference. I was like, we should go up there and do a live show. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just... It's funny because we did that. Yeah, we already yeah. did that. We do it again. We do it again. We should do it again. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll free my schedule up to actually come on down. Listen in. And maybe this time we'll actually record it right. We'll see. <laughs> no promises. No promises. It was still good. It, was, it worked out well. It worked out well. All right. Bartleby is away uh, so he doesn't get his uh, sweater or, or knit, knit cap. Knit cap. Yeah. Bummer, dude. Sorry, Bartleby. Bummer, dude. Next time. Uh, if you're on the Twitter machine, rough the pastor. Instagram, roughing the pastor. Uh, good question this week. Tell us your favorite sibling story. If you are blessed to have siblings, uh, what is your favorite sibling story? Funny, meaningful, crazy, chaotic, whatever you got. Share some sibling stories with us. That'll be the good stuff. That's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just like I know that the air conditioning duct is not quite big enough for you, um, that you you can't quite get in. Uh, But yeah, Justin is sneaking out now, uh, crawling through the. Hey. Hey. You didn't do any podcasting last night. No, not even a little. Were you talking to somebody? Uh, No, I was just you know thinking out loud about you know um, Bambi, the movie. 
Well, we don't have any time for a full podcast, but let's just end this. We'll just have a short one. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. It smells like Justin Manon in here. Was there a Manon in here? That can't possibly be true. Oh, well, I hope not, because yeah. I definitely hope you guys weren't talking about stuff when I was no, there. No, never. So, uh, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And this has been Rubbing, Rubbing the, the Past. Oh, wait. What? No! No, I didn't mean it. Ah! I see him! That's it. I'm not coming back for a week. <laughs>